0: Okay, welcome to episode number four of The Block Talk. Uh, Today we have Suresh with us, and um, I want you to just give a quick introduction to yourself, who you are uh, and what you do in the Web3 space.
1: Oh, uh, thank you, Jonathan, for this opportunity. Um, Pretty uh, privileged to be part of this uh, initiative. So I have about uh, 20 years of experience in IT, right? Everything started, um, you know, from my childhood where I want to, uh, you know, be a serial entrepreneur, like, you know, being a change, bringing into the technology space. So um, last uh, 15 years, it it pretty much, uh, you know, went on building my entire portfolio and career. Um, So around 20 15 uh, i got pulled into uh, the new tech right where we kind of experimented uh, blockchain technologies initially everyone thought it is like just crypto um, and uh, you know it's it's lot more so um, we did a couple of uh, you know projects and initiatives to um, adapt the blockchain as a, you know, technology element. Uh, as I continue through that journey, uh, Web3 is a new term, coin, as it's part of a, you know, blockchain application. Like, uh, we have um, NFTs, Metaverse. Um, Web3 is like the new digital way of, uh, you know, getting um, uh, any business on board uh, into the future. So, you um, what we do is um, we created a web3 consulting firm where we provide uh, resources uh, consulting recommendations as well as um, uh, you know we do a couple of uh, products uh, which we have recently launched um, still we are like you know into the testing phase of it so uh, blockchain is the starter and then, you know, as they progress, you know, we moved into NFTs, uh, Metaverse, and uh, now into Web3. And that is going to be the future uh, of the internet. Okay,
0: so Web3 is something that I uh, personally have heard many different definitions and uh, things that that term is used for. Now, you as an individual and... Uh, you know, with your experience, what is your textbook definition of Web3? What What is it to you
1: and what does it mean to you? For, if I need to tell, um, you know, what is Web3 in layman's words, uh, right? Non-tech words. That is the future of the internet. Um, but if we need to get into more technical, uh, you know, definitions, it's more towards... Uh, Uh, decentralization that is the key element where you know web3 uh, uh, plays a role Um, when I say decentralization um, as of today we are uh, data is the currency data is the technical currency Uh, and um, you know every consumer is surrounded with data but you don't have a control as an individual on who can do what with your data or who can, it's like, you get spanned with a lot of, you know, information. Um, sometimes, you know, even a couple of corporates or the most of the corporates, they use our data as their currency to make their business case. But when it comes to Web3 web and you become like a decentralized form, then you have control of your entire data space. Then you know, rather than someone marketing and making money out of you know your uh, you know sole proprietary data, you control and um, you know everything happens with your consent. That is how I put it. Like, if I need to sell myself into the you know internet world, that is a good platform.
0: Right. Right. And when you see that, uh, you know, the future of, of, of data, of course, because I think that I, w- I would agree that that is the biggest part of what Web3 is, is that you you give the, the users and you give the people the, the power back because, yeah, a lot of these big social media companies and such are just using, selling everyone's data at crazy, crazy rates. And a lot of people are very blind to it. A lot of people don't really know what's going on. A lot of people are, are unaware that their data is being sold and that it's not just one person, not two people. It's everyone's, yes. right? So yes. do you see that um, there being specific providers which hold that data for you? So like obviously that would be held in like a wallet or something uh, and that would be tied to to you. But do you see that? like where do you see that being stored do you think there will be a single blockchain for that do you think you'll be you'll have your data stored on multiple different chains and um multiple different platforms and and such or do you think there will be at some point like one platform where uh your whole digital identity is
1: so um i take a step back uh, you know before i address the actual question um because blockchain itself even though, you know, they call it like we have like four different blockchains, I would say it's five. Um, One is like, you know, uh, permission, the other one is public, the other one is like DAO operator, the other one is government, and then the final one is hybrid, right? So, uh, when it comes to our profile data, it depends on where does it fit in and what is the purpose we are going to solve. Uh, So, If it is going to be like financial information, probably it is now a DAO operated. uh, When I say, you know, DAO, that is a central authority where, you know, uh, it is like controlled by the central authority where uh, the data is categorized and determined who sees what, right? If I need to uh, get, let's say, $10,000 from Jonathan, I can see only Jonathan's data. I don't need to see the rest, right? So it's all about, like, you know, request-based, smart contract, enabled uh, approach. But when it comes to my, you know, profile, I'll I'll take a notch, the upper notch, right? When I take this data, move into Web3, I create a virtual me into the platform, which is like, and then I get to say, who can interact with me? In order to do that, again, that will be like an independent body. You know, again, it depends on the purpose. If I need to do like, you know, buying or like if I need to do selling of any products, that will be like a uh, public blockchain, but again, you know, hosted on a private network. And the other one is like governments, right? When I regulate your OT privileges, I do your KYC, That becomes a government blockchain where, like, you know, government kind of gives you the limited access on a need basis um, so that that is how the future is going to be. That is how I envision the future, where it will get categorized based on uh, probably you apply a portion of the GDPR rules, right? Uh, Right. In Europe, GDPR is like a very primary thing. Probably you apply uh, your, you know, HIPAA rules towards your patient information. So, based on the purpose, the data will be owned, segregated, and there will be like lot more companies coming in. It may be a startup or it may be a well-established company or an entity adapting the blockchain technology so that, you know, uh, and everything is gonna be a consortium, that is given. It's a consortium based, decentralized, which means that no one owns the data, apart from the actual user, uh, you know, where the properties or attributes are set together.
0: Exactly. And yeah, I think that's an important thing you bring up is you have to look at the different types of blockchains and, you know, how that data is actually being stored and who's controlling that data, right? So I think that will lead me into my next question, which is um, with most of these blockchains, being completely open source, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of the Hyperledger, you know, protocols are, are all completely open source. Anyone can take them and, and fork it and create their own own blockchain yeah. on top of that. So, I'm you know, I think we're all sure that um, all of the, the banks and all of the big Fortune 500 companies and, you know, all of the big players in, in our world today are going to adopt blockchain technology just simply because it's so easily available for, for mm-hmm. everyone. And do you think that may like, do you think at some point, because we, we do know from, from, uh, you know, history will tell us that in every business of, of the world, someone will always have control, right? Like we, we know that like there's, there's in one way or another, decentralization is a, is a great thing. And it's something that I think everyone in this space wants to work towards, but at some point, there are going to be players like there are right now, like Bitcoin and Ethereum, even though they're, they're decentralized platforms, those platforms still hold the you know monopoly over the space. So do you think that um, with the possibilities of things like uh, central bank digital currencies and uh, certain things like these where they're on uh, permission blockchains, do you think it like things like that take away from the nature of what web three is.
1: If, uh, if a particular entity or a group is going to have a control over our data, then it pretty much fails the fundamental use case of blockchain. Right. But having said that there will be power players, right. When I say power players, those are, those are like, you know, uh, massive networks. For example, uh, today, let's take uh, about uh, take take a use case of a bank, right? For example, the Royal Bank of Canada will have information about only their user base, right? Um, and if they need, if uh, uh, you know a user of Royal Bank of Canada wants to do a money transfer to another bank, the other bank needs to query and then. They need to send, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the confirmation request on how much funds are available. Is that doable? So, these transactions are, like, taken away when it comes to uh, the future uh, way of, um, you know, uh, decentralized operating model when it comes right. to FinTech. Um, but what would happen is uh, there will be a governing body uh, when it comes to uh, regulations. Because we don't want uh, the technology to you know, uh, unfold um, wrongdoings, right? Because it's always, there is a group of people who wants to make use of this technology and um, you know, uh, for that purposes, right? So, in order to control that, there will be an authority but the authority will not be with one individual, right? It will be like Group of uh, advocates uh, who are very neutral. Uh, for example, what is UNICEF? What is NASCOM? Right? Why do they dictate multiple countries? It's like every country, every country represents their organization, and then they take a joint decision whether it is that good or bad. So you you take that approach, put it towards the you know Web three framework where the, the decision-making authority is within that, you know, the the power players who kind of decide. Uh, they will decide on the regulations, they will decide on the protocols, the caps, limits, um, and it's going to be, you know, uh, neutral to everyone.
0: Yeah, and I think there there are ways that you know, we can minimize that uh, and that, you know, organizations will be able to minimize that through things like DAOs, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that people also need to understand that, you know, even the decentralized platforms, which we have right now, still have a sort of, there's still always someone and some sort of team behind them, right? Like Bitcoin Core or, uh, you know, Ethereum, all of these networks have a team of developers who are, who are actively making commits to these, uh, you know, repositories and actively making changes to these networks, obviously with, you know, the permission of that whole consortium, of course. But, uh, you know, there's, there's always going to be like, we're going to need to have to trust people to run these platforms. And I think doing, you know, as a community, our due diligence, for you know, looking at who these people are and what are the, what's their history and what is their background? Are their intentions really you know to benefit us as a community and to benefit the world as a whole? Um, because you know you can, it, it's not too hard to to tell when looking at certain companies, right? <laughs> so that would. I, you, you know you mentioned something about Fintech and the banks, and the banks are some you know some of the biggest actors in in this web three space in the underground, where you know it's not people aren't really too aware of it, but all the banks are 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 bringing in this blockchain technology. Um, what can you speak you know on on that in the fintech world? What is your like how how is blockchain technology revolutionizing the fintech world in real time today? And how will it revolutionize the fintech world? Yeah. You know, let's just say a few years from now.
1: Uh, see, from um, I can talk fintech, but um, from a blockchain adaption standpoint, right? Uh, there are like uh, uh, three major segments which are like getting into it on the early stage of adoption. These are the early adapters. One is web gaming, right? The other one is uh, fintech. The third one is supply chain and logistics. So. Um, when we talk about FinTech, um, they are trying to uh, adapt blockchain for various purposes. One may be uh, on the KYC element, so that you kind of know your customer um, and, you know, kind of set the limits towards even today you have transaction limits, right? So when, when the KYC is done and you know that The person is legitimate, then you know the the bank can uh, take a decision towards uh, you know how uh, what would be their limits, what is their net worth, what is their portfolio, so that you know the bank can stand behind their customer base. Uh, But today, uh, when we when we call you know any fintech or financial institutions. They do a lot, right, apart from the ideal banking. They do assets, derivatives. Uh, It's not only just, you know, the consumer banking. Uh, Every area of that, you know, uh, for example, investment banking. So every area has their own uh, pros and cons towards adapting the blockchain technology. Um, the, 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 The earlier adapters are more towards the cross-border money transfer companies like PayPal, uh, Western Union, like, you know, Zoom. So there are like a lot more, right? When they want to do a cross-border money transfer, um, it is like, it A, it is time-consuming. Uh, and B, uh, when the customer, A, transfers the money to customer, B, to a different country, it takes time. And at that period of time, the volatility, the effect, we need to pay like, you know, unnecessary fees, right? The, the speed of processing and elimination of uh, the interdependent wetting uh, element uh, is taken away when they adapt blockchain. And still, it is being tested. Uh, I think probably by end of this year, we may see like, you know, a couple of, uh, good money transfer transactions on uh, blockchain. Uh, when I say that, um, you know, for like consumer purpose, where they don't, not everyone will have wallet, right? Not everyone will know how to go to MetaMask, create their own wallet or like, you know, uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, they need money. So in order to get that, um, we there is a switch between your crypto asset to a fiat currency, that switch, should be as spontaneous as, as it is so that you don't lose the value, right? right. Because if you look at it, the crypto is, uh, is the part which, you know, is very volatile in nature. Um, probably in like every split second, it may go up or down, but, you know, we need to lock down that element. So the effect thresholds and uh, the conversions are like um, the ones which is being re-engineered uh, to see how do we hold. Uh, so that either the provider or the consumer does not lose during that, um, you know, inter transaction period. But um, there's one use case, uh, Jonathan. There are other use cases like bonds, securities, uh, you know, how do you make use of blockchain elements, um, uh, you know, on a, uh, on a more decentralized manner, but those are like very early um, as we speak today. <laughs> right,
0: yeah, and I, I think there's there's plenty of use cases for the fintech world uh, of blockchain technology, cryptocurrencies being and tokenized tokenized assets of all sorts, uh, whether that be you know actual real world currencies like the US dollar, Canadian dollar, whatever it is. Um, that's that's I think you know the biggest one that the world has recognized. But uh, yeah, tokenized assets, I think, is is also another another huge, huge, huge one. Uh, and you did bring up a, a point of like, and something that is really important to note is that this blockchain world right now is in the you know the the Nokia phases, as I say. Uh, it's 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 in the very early stages where it lacks a lot of the you know benefits of having a you know certain. Or it, it lacks a lot of the things that Web 2 does right right now, which is uh, I think user experience, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's I think the number one one thing, uh, you know, I believe in in my opinion is that the user experience in Web 3 for new people is horrible because we have all these uh, crazy cryptographic hashes and you know mm-hmm. you have these private keys and mnemonic phrases and and all of this stuff. That's just gibberish to ninety nine percent of people. So most when most people when they sign up for their MetaMask wallet, they're like terrified, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm I know I was when I when I first you know made my crypto wallet. I was like, what is co- all this stuff going on? What is zero X? You know, seven two four. Oh, I I have no clue what any of this means, right? And as you as you start using it, you get used to it. But for new people, it's it's really difficult. And um, like, what can be done? To create the you know a more user friendly experience without necessarily centralizing like without necessarily centralizing things right because we have things like centralized exchanges and uh, centralized platforms where your uh, your wallet is like a typical you know account where you sign them with your your familiar username and password or your email and password uh, but like how can we sort of you know, create some sort of hybrid system, which some people are doing, but what do you, like, I just want to know what, you, what your opinion is on is the, the future of the user experience for Web3 and how how it can be improved while still so, maintaining that active, uh, that uh, you know, aspect of decentralization.
1: So uh, what happens is, uh, let, me, uh, let, let me give you a little bit of uh, use case uh, so that, uh, you know, uh, we are uh, pretty much uh, clarifying the mist here. Uh, one is uh, this, right? In, on, uh, in our current Internet 2.0 model, there is a web layer, which is the front-end. That pretty much takes care of the customer experience. But the data, I'm not talking about data, I'm talking about the experience, because uh, Internet 2.0 is about customer exposure. It's not experience. So the right. it experience is yeah. second care, but customer is exposed everywhere. Uh, the middle layer is about like you know you have the actual processing which happens. Like uh, <clears throat> it may be like you know you were um, uh, you you were middleware like you know TIPCO uh, or like you were servers which actually does the processing. And the back end you have the database, right? Which is the I am just uh, you know using a three tier as an example. But when it comes to uh, uh, the web three, uh, you are right. The customer experience is missing because of lot of technicalities. Uh, they don't need to know what is the wallet. They don't need to know what is a hash key. But uh, when we create a web interface, which masks everything and pretty much it gives what the customer wants as the end product. Um, and the back end is the actual blockchain. And beyond blockchain, you can put all compute, you know, whatever is expensive. Again, it may have a database where it can uh, can record based on the use case. But what will happen is, on Internet 2.0, the common factor is Internet, right? Internet is where you have everything. On top of it, you build and you connect and plug and play devices. So, you know, uh, it kind of interact to all layers to complete a transaction. But what will happen is it will take away that internet layer and blockchain will get plugged in plugged in um, on a web three layer. And then again, the user experience is the new digital way. It's like digital 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. It will go like, you know, into iterations, but uh, the web interface is going to be different. Uh, For example, if I am logging into uh, my social media platform, which is like Facebook, if I have a web identity, it's going to be like, you know, I can use my web identity for it rather than Mm -hmm. actually putting myself in front of it. So, um, it will promote anonymity. It will promote more secure way of doing it. Uh, At the same time, um, the user experience itself is like a very big topic. Uh, So, uh, it will evolve. Today, probably we... Barely scratch the surface of it because still we are trying to figure out. uh, The only user experience I see is when my kids play the game. They go into Roblox. They go into like you know uh, uh, a network gaming. Then they have their own avatar, right? They customize. They and then so (coughs) the future generation will adapt. The current generation has a little bit of catch-up to do. The whole generation, I think, you know, slowly they will get there. Yeah.
0: And I think that's important to to note and to understand is that, yeah, like, it, it, we are still, again, we are still in the early phases. So it's it's something that will happen over time. It's not something that will happen overnight. And uh, there, there are going to be, an, there are going to be, There's going to be a need for a lot of people to develop a sort of blueprint for what defines a good user experience Mm -hmm. within this Web3 world, right? So, and I think that just hasn't been done yet. But it's, like you said, we're scratching the surface. It's it's a work in progress. So, uh, just building on that briefly... Is, you know, what do, do you think there's anything that can be done in terms of the underlying, you know, technology? Obviously, you can't break the blockchain. You cannot, you know, you, it's, it's really difficult to, to reinvent the system. Do you think there will be at some point a blueprint for Web3 creators uh, and for, like, for, I'm, when I say Web3 creators, I mean more for software. And things of
1: things of that nature. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, for example, uh, I will say like you know um, there will be a lot of templates in future, right? Right. Um, there will be like uh, uh, not, now it's not only uh, our user data; it's all about IO data also coming in because a lot of automation is happening on like in various spaces, right? So that net, it's like what will happen is. Uh, uh, if you look back before 10 years, we had an entire stack of Java components like, you know, for threads, uh, for, threat, for um, you know, GUI, for like servlets, there are like various components. Now, everything is done through scripting. Like it may be like a Node.js. It is again, it's built on top of it. So the Node level, uh, you know, interactions or the permutations or calculations can be done at the Node level similar to it there will be various plug and play components which will come in future uh, where pretty much for example if i need to create uh, jonathan into web3 all you need to do is you know upload your picture as you have now and then it will you know look at the features and then it will create an avatar and then we can customize on top of it so in order to do all this it requires a huge development right and that is where the current development community will move towards like, uh, um, as, as we progress. And when it comes to, um, again, see the, the key thing is, how do we make sure that the person is real, right? Uh, that's the KYC element. And, um, you know, uh, and in order to do that, uh, initially it may be a manual processing, at one point, it may be automated or we can take the current data and then do a cleanup. So all this requires like hard code programming and, um, you know, the programmer skill level is going to change. So what I'm trying to say is um, from traditional way to cloud, the cloud guy requires to know server, security, development, <laughs> deployment, everything, right? That's what's DevOps and TechOps. When you go into Web three, rather than having like a you know a Java developer or a React developer, the guy should be good into everything. It and it also includes the media components like an you know AR, VR. So everything will come into like you know a common skill set where I think the future generation will be like they know everything. Uh, in order to uh, promote or develop. Into the web3 space. That's how it's gonna be uh, in future. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, oh, okay, I answered your question. But yeah, the yeah, same yeah, problem, yeah. for sure. Templating. Right. Yeah, and I,
0: I would I would agree with that for sure. I think yeah, having having templates to to work with. You know, there there are some sorts of templates right now that that people can can use, um, but the like there there's there's not a whole lot out there for for most developers. Uh that and that also, you know, will bring me into my next question, which is something which I'm sure you are very um familiar with. And I wanted to hear a bit about certified coders. Could you tell me a bit about it, what it is, give me a bit of the history on that. Um, you know, I'm I'm very interested in, in hearing all, all about that. So please. So before a year, myself
1: and my partner were looking towards uh, you know, how do we Uh, mitigate our hiring costs, right, for ourselves. Uh, At that point of time, uh, we tried a lot of platforms like, you know, uh, Upworks, um, you know, and for hiring, we used um, um, LinkedIn hiring portals as well as uh, uh, Nowcri. So, everywhere, what we felt is the transparency is missing, right? And the um uh, the legitimacy of the candidate is something which i cannot verify even when i talk to them so we said uh and uh, based on my experience cost of quality is always higher when it comes to hiring so if we choose if we hire a wrong candidate pretty much it spoils the morale of the entire team or it pretty much pulls back the progress so uh, what I was, uh, you know, telling Gary is like, is there a way where we can validate the scale um, and pretty much, uh, you know, put a check. Apart from that, can we also look at the references on like, you know, how that resource is based on the previous interaction? And it's not biased, right? We kind of take away the biasing element, you know, if uh, it is like, a, you know, improper exit. Uh, but at the end of the day, We take care of the background checks, verification of their education, their skill, uh, their certification when it comes to the technical part and their uh, attitude towards working. Based on that, that's one criteria. The other criteria is based on their experience. Uh, We do just p times Q and set a price so that there is no variation among developers, right? So uh, by doing that, uh, I said, this part is done, the validation is done, but why, because we are working on the blockchain, why don't we put this entire structure into smart contract so that anyone can choose this as like a, you know, checkout mechanism where I can buy out a resource for the period I want with contract, right? So, right. when someone, you know, chooses my resource in the certified code platform, checks out, it will give you uh, the contract which speaks about like, you know, two weeks of free trial to use the resource Post that if they confirm, then the resource becomes billable for the period of the, you know, uh, the request. Wow. And and the thing is, the rate is transparent, right? The resource knows how much is the sold for. The buyer knows what is the price they are getting into or so that the budgeting, the costing element is taken care of from a corporate layer. The resource also knows what is he going to get in hand. And we take a, you know, I think um, uh, about 5% fee in both the ends so that, um, you know, we enable the transaction and it is pretty much the cost of running that, um, uh, you know, uh, platform.
0: Right. And for that, uh, what, what's the process of verifying that that work is actually done like is that something that uh, the the like
1: employer would do We are gonna coin the word hybrid right uh, We will have an independent person uh, you know giving the background checks or verifications like traditionally it happens right and the rest of it is like pretty much uh, on um, uh, it's an automated uh, basis we'll trigger a couple of emails, we'll get the feedback, we, uh, we kind of uh, correlate the responses and then we kind of put a risk score against that resource.
0: Okay. Right. And how long has that been running for? What's the, yeah. Uh,
1: we mean? did a beta launch in uh, November. Uh, we tested that platform out um, and uh, we are into the security testing. Uh, so that um, you know, we can enable the payments through the platform itself. For now, uh, payments cannot be done on the platform. So right. uh, we want to enable uh, the, the the payment element so that you know it's truly a Web three uh, model rather than having a hybrid of blockchain and you know um, uh, supporting the Internet two dot two ways of working the backend. So
0: right. And how many developers do you do you guys currently have signed up for the platform?
1: I I think we have about uh, two two hundred and forty uh, wow. developers. Yeah. Wow. And that's in wow all web three space. It's like uh, you know in web three there are like various skills required. It may be like a front end developer. It may be like a uh, you know AR VR related. Uh, it may be security. So we have, like, mix and match of uh, all all the skill sets in our platform.
0: Wow. Okay. And you said most of those are, are Web3 developers? Yes. Most,
1: I would say, like, 90% of them are Web3. The 10% are, like, blend of cloud and security.
0: Okay. And, you know, long-term with this platform, what is the the vision for it what like because you said right now uh you, like the full version i guess of the platform isn't yet available um but like let's just say you know three four five years down the road what's the vision for this for this platform where do you intend to be and uh how do you intend on you know c- continuing to grow this
1: uh five years down the lane my platform will eliminate the hr organization Uh, especially the recruiting. I think the trend is already started, right? If you look at the recent layout from all the, you know, uh, Fortune 500 or like high tech, most of them who got laid off are like recruiters, right? So this platform will eliminate that. At the same time, it will pretty much, uh, uh, you know, join hands with the, uh DevOps or the project management community where it kind of determines your cost structuring as well as uh, you know predict um, you know any, um, any overrun of your cost when it comes to projects. So it's like there are a lot of angles uh, the uh, the financial angle where you kind of leverage the payment gateways, the planning angle from a project management standpoint, your hiring angle from like, you know, uh, uh, choosing the developers and it's going to be like massive when we roll out to other geographies. For now, I think most of the developers are from US and India. Uh, I think Gary has a plan to roll it out in Canada uh, because we want to um, segregate those uh, resources so that, um, you know, we are going to do a geo-based tagging so that anyone can choose or hire the skill irrespective of the uh, physical presence
0: right okay can you give me a bit of an idea of the user experience on that platform so like let's just say i'm a uh, like i'm looking to recruit maybe a team of two or three developers and i come on your platform uh, and i guess you know i would put it in my what i'm looking for and then um, it, would it just immediately th- you know, show X amount of developers and like, can you give me an, ex- uh, you know, how the how the platform actually
1: works and what the user so experience from is? A, uh, see, first of all, from a corporate standpoint where you're planning to hire, you need to have your profile, right? That part right. probably takes like five to 10 minutes. Um, and then, then the moment you complete it, you get into the portal. From there on, it's just three-step process. Like you... Pick the resources you like, based on their skills and the, the needs of the location. And then you add to cart, check out. That's all. You are on mute, Jonathan.
0: Uh, I clicked yes. it like five times. No worries. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and I'm, I'm sure uh, crypt, you'll, you'll be able to pay with cryptocurrencies as well.
1: At, at some uh, point, we are like currency neutral uh, for now. It is uh, you know uh, both the parties uh, are enabled through peer transactions. But okay. cryptocurrency, yes, uh, because I don't need to depend on any third party, right? I don't need to depend right. on bank. So um, it will be enabled. The question is, will the receiver accept that currency, right? Right, because. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, so the voluntary part is always a question, but I don't know to you know, work if someone is going to pay like a couple of bitcoins, you know? Right. So, uh, so it depends on uh, the, the currency, and uh, it has to be like, you know, agreed between two parties. We don't dictate the terms. If we start putting if, what's, and you know, when's, then the user experience is compromised.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, very, very, very interesting. I'm gonna have to check that out. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go through that and and check that out. Maybe refer it to to a few people who I know, because there are a lot of people within this Web3 space who are who are looking for developers. I'll tell you. And one thing that I've really noticed is uh, the 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 imbalance between the supply and demand for for developers in within Web3. Right, like we have all of this talk on on Web3 and what it is, and you know. It's all over the news and ever. It's everywhere, right? But there's not a whole lot of people who are building and creating within this space, right? So Builders. I think that's that. That would definitely that that platform would be something that would be a big, big help because you're creating a place for people to actually find where these these you know creators are, yes. the people who can actually help you build this technology. So, yeah, hats off to you. That's it. It, it genuinely sounds like a really, really solid idea. So I'm gonna yeah. check it out.
1: That, that's how startups evolve, right? Um, we we brainstorm, we try to get, solve a real-time problem, and then we scale, uh, and uh, that's what we are trying our best. And uh, uh, quickly, I, I just uh, realized, uh, when we were connecting um, together, you were like creating a, a role at gaming platform. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the template. Anyone can use your model, and then they can just plug and play into Metaverse, and that's how it's going to be like. If right. I need to bring in a component, it I can pretty much reuse it. So we are trying to create reusable um, add-ons. For now, you know the current term is like APIs or gateways, but now it's about object. The object can be reused anywhere, and that is what we are trying to do. Um, and another interesting theory is like um, going forward in certified, uh, you know, coders based on the uh, customer feedback, they will start earning credits and points where they can leverage or they can, you know, pretty much uh, 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 make use of it for their own marketing purpose. So right. there are like a lot of things we are thinking, but it is evolving as we speak.
0: Okay. And do you believe that there is a like that there is a lack of development services for Web3 right now? And it, like I'm assuming that would be because of a lack of developers, um, which I, I think is fairly evident. But how do you how would you suggest? And and also how would you suggest that we bring in more Web3 developers? How do we attract more developers to come and build blockchain technology?
1: So. Uh we have a lot of developers but the awareness on what web3 is is what is lacking right i mean uh, when when the bitcoin uh, when the blockchain came into existence everyone thought it is bitcoin they don't know it's a technology right. similar to it web3 uh, is is the combination of everything right for example um, i'll take a very simple example when someone says cloud Cloud has all your actual data center infrastructure into you know the cloud, but it is like distributed. So similar to it, even in Web three, you need front end developers. Uh, the the you need to uh, you know uh, have uh, smart contract developers. Smart contract is very easy to learn. Even you don't uh, need to be a you know avid programmer to do a, a smart contract, but The key thing here is you need to know the business knowledge on, you know, uh, on how do, what is required and how do we create it. Still, there will be like, you know, the backend uh, databases. There will be like curation engines. There will be like ETL tools because we have to do a lot more processing on top of the blockchain technology. So when we say Web3 developer, um, everyone thinks, they will be like, you know, creating avatars or they are metaverse. Uh, it is only one component. So the current developers can get onboard into web three uh, because all the five elements need to work together. Your cloud, your network, your security, your uh, smart contract and your front end.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, I think that, that answers my, my, my question quite well. So, so you're making the argument that the, we do have a sufficient amount of, of, of web three developers currently. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. And what have you, how has web three changed the way that you do business as, as an individual? would you say that it that it has do you think that and also do you think that web3 will will change the way that companies interact with each other on a, both a b2b and b2c you know level
1: see uh, when web3 comes to the uh, true existence all the smaller players will have an equal you know uh, part of their pie on the table it's like they can take their part of the pie um, you you don't need to be like you know dictated by monopolies, right? Uh, so, from from a, a business standpoint, there are like um, very very few early adapters, and uh, we need to educate them a lot on how can we leverage the you know uh, uh, the true web web three onboarding or development. How do they even adapt? What is their business case, right? Uh, You can't sell vegetables on Web3, right? I don't know. But uh, it has to, the the selling proposition should have a unique property where, you know, it can be there. So, uh, what I would say is like, um, for now, we will keep advocating the use of Web3 and uh, we need to have a real consulting mindset or open mindset to hear what, what is good for them, and does it really make a business case, right? Uh, You don't need to spend, like, uh, you know, uh, a dollar for transaction when your actual cost of the good is, like, 50 cents. So, onboarding into Web3 is a little bit, it may be, like, uh, you know, a little expensive, probably one time, but um, that is where a lot of consulting gigs start. Um, right, where you know we kind of provide them the guidance on um, whether is that a real use case or uh, how do we get their presence into the web three layer. It's I'm amazed that there are a lot of web three marketing companies into the space. So uh, what are they marketing? We don't know because uh, you know uh, there is like very limited segment who can come into the web three space where. Uh, one one of the prerequisites is like they should be way, already into digital and cloud or else you need to start everything from scratch and that's going to be like a very expensive proposition.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, and for, you know, existing Web2 businesses uh, as well as entrepreneurs, what would you suggest for them to do to get started within the Web3 space? Uh, if, you know, if people want to come in and, and learn about it uh you know, really on any any sort of level, uh, like what sort of direction would you give to a, an entrepreneur or you know a business owner who said, you know, I want to integrate blockchain technology into into my world or I want to start a Web three startup.
1: For learning, they should be um, uh, listening or being part of such broadcasts so that they kind of get some awareness. Uh, <laughs> But to adaption, uh, they definitely need some consulting advisors where now uh, uh, we can validate uh, what is their objective and how do we get there. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's like any use case we can throw, right? I mean, um, it depends on their um, vertical or the segment they operate on. I can't get a Dunkin' Donuts into Web3, but still I can have a shop in our, you know, in Metaverse where, you know, kids may be spelling, uh, you know, spending some tokens and hold a Dunkin' Donuts, and you now coffee mug and roam around. So it depends on what are we trying to achieve and um, what is the purpose of it. But I would consult most of the time, uh, I would consult if there is a, Real use case and it benefits the end users. Uh, we, I am not going to do anything for the sake of doing it um, because the customer wants it. We always advocate um, on the outcome. Outcome-based approach is what we will do, and that is a good thing for consulting as well. Uh,
0: and yeah, you know, this is this is what this uh, this platform is for, right? It's to teach and educate people on how they can can get into web three and learn all about it. Uh, you know, my my personal niche is the decentralized finance space, uh, because that's where I got my start. And that's I think where most of my interest lies. However, the web three world is is something which is rapidly expanding and is also more importantly rapidly misunderstood and people are misinformed about because there's hundreds of definitions. There's all of these fancy buzzwords that people don't really understand and you know people are kind of twisting and Um, there's not a whole lot of like concrete textbook definitions of what Web3 is yet and uh, exactly what this is going to look like in in 10 years. We just only have ideas. So, you know, we may look back on, you know, some of these episodes, we may look back on this episode and be like, oh, wow, we were completely right. Or wow, we were way off, you know, (laughs) and it's, it's 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 just because that's the the nature of of something which is which is growing but we do have an idea of what 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 direction it is going because you know you as an individual are building this and i'm i'm bringing you know people like you on so that you can share your experiences and you know tell people hey here's here's what i did here's how i learned and um, here 's how you can apply this to your life because at the end of the day, our goal is getting people into this space and and getting people on board and teaching people for how they can use blockchain technology to to help revolutionize the way that institutions operate because it it will change change many 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 lives i 'm sure you know in the next few years we 're going to see Tens of millions of people's lives, if not hundreds of millions of people's lives affected in real time positively through this through this technology. Um, now, one thing I wanted to go into was the metaverse. And that's something that, uh, you know, I'm not exactly too sure of what your experience is within the metaverse world, but I'm sure you hold your own opinions on it what do you think the the future of that is right so i think like when i say metaverse i mean you know the augmented reality and like immersive immersive world right mm-hmm. what do you think do you think at some point the metaverse will become a reality for for you know people <laughs> specifically i i think within our our world
1: I, I would say yes for the current generation, but um, you know, not for the uh, older ones. Um, so there is a general misconception that uh, Web3 and Metaverse are the same thing, uh, but in reality, Metaverse is a subset of Web3. Right. Uh, and uh, when it comes to Metaverse, uh, you know, um, what we are trying to do is we are taking the digital space and trying to blend that uh, towards the virtual uh, or augmented reality to the physical world. We are trying to create a bridge. um, And and that happens on a decentralized platform, right? Right. And uh, that is where it's going to be a game changer when it comes to uh, existence of... uh, retail markets or like banking, that it is also going to change. Metaverse is going to be the future because uh, at this point of time, from a net digital standpoint, we are doing like uh, two projects. One is an Aishang museum on Metaverse where we are trying to recreate the museum experience. And then we are doing uh, a development on, uh, I think it's um, Car Expo, for Japan, um, I, I need to uh, check back with the team because it's like almost um, eight months old since I interacted with those uh, you know folks. Right. But uh, there are people who adapt uh, the metaverse element, but um, for now uh, it looks like a gaming platform uh, because one existence of myself itself is a trouble for my wife. If I am like in in ten different places, I don't know. There may be a positive impact or a negative impact. Similar to it, uh, when it comes to augmented reality and virtual reality, you are going to bring in or give life to you know your own self. Or for let me let me put it in other words. If I need to go to bank and withdraw my cash, that's a physical thing, right? As of today, if I go into metaverse. In Metaverse, I see a bank and then I need to withdraw some tokens. If both happens at the same time, I don't know how, how it, will, it will coexist, but those are the use cases we are exploring. Right. Okay.
0: And how, like, what do you think the time frame on that looks like? If you just had to take a guess with your current understanding? When do you think is like the closest that, uh, you know, the closest time that we'll, we will actually see real metaverse integration? Because obviously we have, we have metaverse integration. It exists. It's here. But like it's still a fairly, you know, small thing in terms of the user base. When do you, so when do you see that becoming something where we have, you know, like a few hundred million users, let's say
1: a oh, few hundred million probably uh, by, you know, end of 2024. Uh, but by end of 2027, uh, that will be like, um, you know, as big as uh, Amazon or wow. eBay. Because my kid has a Metaverse account. I don't know how. You know, the right. current generations are adapting, uh, which means that, um, you know, uh, it's, it's all about like two or three years. Um, we'll be like at peak and pretty much that is one component of, uh, you know, becoming a real Web3 company, right? Or adapting the uh, the true d- digitalization through Web3. So, um, yeah, in three years, we'll be like above 100 billion when it comes to market cap. But we are early now. Probably I think we are less than Five, five billion, yeah, from a adaption standpoint. Wow.
0: Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll we'll see how that pans out. But I, I can see I can see it for sure. Right. The the developments and advancements that are happening within that, the the metaverse space is is pretty crazy. So, I'm I'm seeing it happen happen everywhere. All all of these yeah. you know news feeds and things popping up on on my own feed. It's it's crazy the stuff that that people are putting together. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested in that for, for the future. And uh, finally, just jumping into our, our final segment of the podcast. I can't believe we're already at about an hour time flies. Um, (laughs) Do you have any interesting stories to tell about your time in the web three space about maybe, you know, any projects you've seen that have done well or, or, you know, good, bad, or ugly, anything, you know, that, you know, you you might want to share about your time within this space.
1: See, Brahman Web three uh, space. It's like uh, um, we provide resources and we do consulting, right? Uh, there are like lot of uh, consulting discussions I go through. Uh, for example, in our Toronto event, um, there was a doctor who came and you know she was asking about how do I enable my uh, research data and make it accessible for, you know, my fellowships, rather than, uh, can we do it in blockchain? Uh, you know, without blinking uh, my eyes, I said, yes, we can, but uh, who owns the data? Like, you know, who governs it? And I think uh, the first step is to create DAO, right? And that is when you had a team of folks who are creating, you know, uh, the DAO model, uh, you know, you are you are promoting the uh, adoption of, um, uh, autonomous organizations so I we pretty much uh, you know uh, at least we convinced her that yes we can uh, create um, a working model where they can research on the patient data by putting you know uh, restrictions on who what where like there are like a lot of things we can put mask out um, and it has to be a consortium-based and it has to be uh, consensus-based from the uh, data owner at the same time um, governed by two or three hospitals. So there are like a lot of use cases where there are like interesting arguments. One guy asked, can I do voting in blockchain? I said, yes. Um, But it is going to take significant amount of funds from your election campaign because I need to spill out a token for every, you know, uh, participant uh, who's going to do the voting. So, and uh, again, I have to do KYC. So there are like a lot of things we can do. Uh, The thing is, uh, uh, are we ready yet? No, we are at an exploratory uh, stage. Uh, But we were able to successfully implement KYC rules. We are able to successfully Uh, uh, do a use case on uh, derivative trading and uh, slowly we are getting there
0: yeah and I I think it's it's another interesting thing is just how many use cases of blockchain there actually are right how many verticals within the real world can we actually apply this to and I think the answer to that question is a lot like truly a lot you know Anything that has to, like you said, you know, the the, the main um, blockchain use cases are, you know, fintech, supply chain, and uh, verification and, you know, digital identity, right? And those three things are attached to almost everything in our world today. As a you know, as an individual, if I go and buy something from the store, that is you know that's directly the, coming from a supply chain. If I'm using my phone and I'm going on a website, that's my identity. If I'm sending someone money, that's that's payments, right? So, that it will revolutionize the way the entire world works, right? Not just it's not just you know cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or or something. It's like this is the the future of the entire world. And then you, you, you want to bring in the metaverse aspect of it and it's like, okay, now you're actually going to go inside of it, right? You're actually going to, going to be immersed in this, in this world. So it's, it's really, really cool to see that, you know, there are actually people who want to a- adopt this technology in <laughs> all types of, you know, in, in all types of verticals. So, yeah. And that, that's, you know, that's where, where my head's at is just, figuring out different sorts of ways and use cases um, to influence people to create DAOs and to influence people to, you know, start moving a bit more towards this aspect of a decentralized, you know, community and a decentralized world.
1: Yeah, the adaption is like, as you said, uh, on those three segments, uh, gaming and healthcare is also- Gaming, right. Yes, gaming. So, uh, game I, think, each I think the game changer is going to be like when governments start adapting the truly decentralized, uh, you know, modern. Um, so, uh, there are like a couple of uh, uh, government services where blockchain can be a true use case like, you know, uh, your, um, your digital identity and verification. You can also, you know, you have like um, any paperwork we have to do towards the real estate, uh, supply chain and logistics, important exports, it's like that is like a time consuming and a paper churning, the so, you know, element. So
0: there are a few countries
1: who are early adapters towards this space, but um, I think um, some of us are catching up. And when we see the real value, and then automatically, um, you know, this becomes... The the one thing is, like, you cannot go back and correct the data when it is in a decentralized network, right? So you have a trial. So the authenticity and the validation of the data is taken care of. So it it makes everyone's, uh, you know, life easy towards, like, bringing in the transparency and trust. And that is what I think... um, uh, we are aiming towards, and uh, we will see adaptions soon, uh, probably in an year or so, in, at least in some areas.
0: Wow. Well, well, you know, I, I I absolutely love the optimistic take because I think I I I would think the same. I think that's uh, we're very close. We're we're pushing just just on the edge now. So yeah, it's that it's that final stretch. And I think, you know, when the, the economy definitely has something to to do with it right now, but, uh, once things start recovering a little bit, I think it's going to be very rapid, very, very, very rapid, but, uh, yeah, we are going to have to wrap it up here, but it was an absolute pleasure having you on. And, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to get some great value out out of this. You, you, you provide a lot of really, really cool and interesting insights. So, thank, thank you, you
1: for bringing me on board. Um, you know, happy to share thoughts. Uh, it's a very uh, productive and informative discussion, I would say. Um, I would love to collaborate with you and all the best on this initiative.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, well, pleasure having you on. Uh, I look forward to, to speaking with you soon and uh, maybe I'll be, be having you back on in the future. Sure. Okay, yeah, thank you very been. much. Take care. Bye. Have a good one.